Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our team previews of the 2024 World Tour season. And today we are looking at the juggernauts of Ineos Grandiers. And here to discuss that with me and more is Patrick Blake of Audu Cycling and one third of the National Cycling Podcast. And I mean, yeah, Patrick, Ineos Grandiers' 2023 season. Plenty of things to discuss. Obviously, their Egan Bernal isn't that big juggernaut anymore. It's not their talisman, but. They still have a lot of good results, and I think Josh Tarling and Carlos Rodriguez were two of the breakthrough stars for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tarling is one which has really just burst onto everyone's radar now, has just this massive TT sensation. Carlos Rodriguez, one of the big surprises of the Tour de France, obviously Pidcock winning, Stade Bianchi, that was their big sort of one-day result out of the year g almost winning the giro d'italia by like just losing it on the final day unfortunately god honestly this would be so much more different if he if he'd won that giro there'd be it'd be a lot different but yeah there's also you know ghana winning tts you've got other performance like fikovsky winning a stage at the Evator as well danny martinez winning algarve there's there's a lot to be going at Teo Gegenhardt winning Tour of the Alps. Yeah. Ben Tollett winning Tour of Norway. But, I mean, that doesn't mean anything to them anymore. And Navaya is absolutely running riot at the Tour of Austria, which was quite, yeah, an incredible thing. And, yeah, the Giro as well with uh, three top tens. I think that's quite an exceptional feat with Arendtman and uh, Lawrence de Plus. But... Nevertheless, we might as well jump into the transfers. And obviously, this squad, as of time of recording, is not actually full. We've got 26 riders coming in oh, on the list. Tobias Foss is a question mark. And yeah, interesting. Yeah. At the moment, Ineos are losing out quite big time in the transfers because coming in, we have two riders so far, which is Oscar Rodriguez and Andrew August. And that's it. We've got two riders. It's, yeah, it's it's not great when you consider that going out, we have Danny Martinez, Teo Gagenhart, Pavel Sivakov, Ben Tullet, Luke Plapp, and Cameron Ver. That's quite a lot of big names and and I don't know how they salvage this transfer season Scott to be honest with you they would have to sign somebody quite out for blue obviously there was a whole rumour with Avon Paul, but that's been squashed I just think that it's going to be and yeah and Roglic I just think it's going to be really hard for them to don't know, match all those riders going out? I mean, at this rate, Dan Bigham is going to have to ride for the squad. But yeah, I just think the riders going out is absolutely insane. Luke Plapp was built up as this next wonder kid kind of project. Pavel Sivakov has been that touted as that, former under 23 Giro Tai winner, and it seemed like he was really getting some good results, definitely in the autumn season. And then Theo Gegenhardt. Again, one of their long-term projects. And Danny Martinez, exceptional climbing domestique. So 
Ben Tollett equally, again, one of their long-term projects, you would have thought. So, and then letting them go to Jumbo Visma is like, what? It just, it's not great. Like, they've definitely been devalued as a squad, I think. And then yeah. signing Geraint Thomas on a two-year extension. Yes, Geraint Thomas, very nice guy, but he's 38 years old or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fact. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't even, like... Yeah, what is going on? They really needed a Remco or a Roglic to put in the vacuum that they have uh, where Egan Bernal was supposed to be their big juggernaut, but we know what happened with his crash in 2022. So, yeah, a bit disappointing, to be honest. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing. I wonder whether there was... This is all hypothetical, but I wonder whether there was some sort of belief that they were going to get a Roglic or an Avonapool. And they were almost clearing house to make way. And then that deal just like fell through and just nothing happened. And now they're left with this still decent team. But it's definitely not the strength that we've had in previous years. I mean, we were discussing the Roglic transfer. And we said out of the teams that were rumored, Ineos Grenadiers was the best one. And whatever Bora could give him, Ineos Grenadiers could definitely give him as well and more. Yeah, so a bit of a shame on that front. But we might as well jump into it in terms of the monuments. Obviously, they've had plenty of success in the monuments. I mean, they've won Pyro Bay. I think Flanders is the only one they haven't won. Have they won Lombardia? Liege. They won Milan San Remo. No, yes. Well, they won it when with Kwiatkowski in 2017, if that counts. But was he riding for Ineos? Well, it's Team Sky. Yeah, okay, that counts. Yeah, I don't think they've won. I don't think they've won Lombardia in like recent years. I remember like Molima, Pino, Nibali. Yeah, I don't think they've won Lombardia. What do you think that the uh, Milan San Remo team is going to look like? And who are they going to put all their eggs in? Or which basket are they going to put all their eggs in? Ghana seem to do a pretty decent job this year, sort of, sort of out of nowhere. I know some people were predicting Ghana to do well. Chapeau to you people for for predicting that. But yeah, I think Ganner and Pidcock, probably a decent one. I think with a sound rainbow, you just got to keep things simple. If you start trying to have three or four options, you're getting it wrong. Because at the end of the day, having three or four options doesn't mean anything when Vanderpool lights the blue touch paper and starts launching it on the Poggio. Because all of a sudden, three of those guys of the four get spat out the back. And then it doesn't mean numbers game doesn't mean anything. I think you've got to focus on just like one or two people. So I think Ghana Pidcock with just support from Fikovsky, from I don't know, Navarez, from Sheffield, Ben Swift, Connor Swift, Tarling even, Ben Turner, just big rulers to really launch it into the bottom of the Poggio. That's really what you need. Two main guys surrounded by a load of rulers to win the drag race to the bottom of the Poggio. I mean, yeah, you're right. Ghana was quite a big surprise finishing second. But, I mean, looking towards Tour of Flanders, the, one of the monuments that they've never won. I mean, they don't have Dilman Bala anymore. He would have been great in here. And, yeah, in the 2023 season, it wasn't exactly their year, to say the least. Not inside the top 10. And, uh, yeah, I mean, could a pick-up be a good card? Ghana, I mean, we've talked about Ghana for Pyro Bay success for a long time. Cancellara did well at Tour of Flanders, so why can't Ghana? 
Yeah. I I do think Ghana could be the one they're looking towards, especially after San Remo last year. Pitcock, for some reason, just hasn't fired at this race. Just for whatever reason, this race just is like his Achilles heel. It's just not working. And I'm not sure whether sending him again is going to really change that. I think like maybe it's just a sort of sunk cost fallacy. You just got to kind of cut your losses and just kind of make him focus on the Ardennes. Maybe he would do better in the Ardennes if he's not focusing on the Cobble Classics. You just got to kind of realize that it's not going to work. So I think Ghana could be the one who they go towards. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does well. Obviously, San Remo translating into Flanders is not an exact science. When you add in the cobbles and the frequency of the climbs, it's not just a suppressor and a poggio. I think Ghana, uh, Sheffield as well, with the kind of regular cast of Luke Rowe. Ben Turner as well. Easy to forget that 2022, he was really good. Unfortunately, this year he crashed in on loop broke his elbow or something like that and then he came back to Flanders and crashed there as well which kind of derailed a bit of his season so I'd like to see Ben Turner back as well in the squads because he was a really good 2022 one of the breakout stars and I think but in terms of Paro Bay I mentioned it before Ghana and getting success in this race I mean he did finish inside the top 10 last year or 2023 which was a good result only 50 seconds down on uh, Machu Vanapol four seconds behind the Wout Van Aert Philipsen duo. Yeah, I, I think he had all the components to do well at Paro Bay. It just needs to line up and be his time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think Ineos would be wise to try and get somebody in the break. I think they've almost got to a point now where they're a little bit, they're almost a little bit underdog-esque in the classics. And I think that could give him a little bit of leniency to get him a break. Not with Ghana, but with somebody else who's like a medium name, like a Sheffield. I think he could sneak into the break. Namayas? Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine that. Or first, a first Ecuadorian Arabe champion. Yeah. Or a Turner, maybe. Or, dare I even say, Josh Tarling. Oh, yeah. He was there. You've got a lot of big rulers here at, at Ineos. And I think if they could get one or two of those into a breakaway ahead of the main players, that could be a really good formula for success. But we might as well look to liege Baston liege Obviously, they came relatively close. Second place with Tom Pickock. And yeah, obviously, he couldn't quite keep onto the wheel of Remco Vinopal. But yeah, a, a strong result, you have to say. Yeah, that was a good result. Although Avonapol did win by a long margin and Avonapol's taken it super easy on the descent, so he probably lost second twenty seconds there. I think Pitcock aim again is to try and finish on the podium. It's gonna be hard considering that this year there was no Pagacha, well, as of about halfway through the race. And there was also no Roglic. So I think there's gonna be more players in there this year. So it's gonna be trickier. So Pidcock, I think, is gonna to need to take a bit of a step up. But hopefully if he just skips the cobble classics and just focuses focuses on the Ardennes, I think that could be a better recipe for success. No, I agree. And uh, now that Ghana has shown a bit of success in the likes of San Remo, well, you said cobblestones in terms of Pyro Bay and then hopefully has he actually done, hopefully he can do that in Ronde van Lunderen, but has he actually done the Tour of Flanders? Yes, he has, twice. 
Yeah. It was not a pretty picture. <laughs> I remember him being in the break when he was at UAE, I think. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I mean, more experience. And I mean, before 2024, he hadn't finished inside the top 30 of Milan San Remo. So everything can change. Yep. Well, we might as well move on into our first Grand Tour. As you mentioned, they uh, did very well with Gowing Thomas last year, almost winning the the tour, uh, winning the Giro outright and having two other riders in top 10. But for 2024, factoring in the route as well, factoring in the Tour de France squad as well, and, well, the Welter, like we said, is kind of just a backwash of the other two Grand Tours. But... Who are you sending where? That's probably easier. Who are you sending to the Grand Tour and who are you, who are you sending to the Tour and who are you sending to the Giro? I'm going to send Rodriguez to the Tour and G to the Giro again. I, I remember seeing somewhere something about G doing a Giro Tour double. So that's making me think he's just going to be a domestique. I just think that in terms of their ability to finish, let's say, realistically top five in the Tour, Rodriguez is the guy after what he proved this year I'm expecting him to just you know get better and better with age because he is still such a young rider so I think I'm backing Rodriguez all the way in the tour uh, whether Pidcock goes to the tour I'm not sure it's an Olympic year and of course he's made it very clear that he wants to win gold at the, at the mountain bike so I'm not sure how that factors into his Tour de France whether he'll do a bit of it and leave early but if he's not going to do the tour, then does he go to the Giro or does he just not do a grand tour at all next year? Does he go to the Vuelta afterwards? I think that's a big question as well because it's an Olympic year. So that just, it's just like a once in a little bit problem that any of us have to face. Yeah, I, I, I keep it all relatively similar to last year, actually. Uh, Arensman and De Plus go to the Giro as well. As we've said before in other videos with the big juggernauts going to the tour, I think that G could have a decent crack at doing a good result at the, at the Giro, definitely finishing on the podium again. The TT kilometers suits him as well. What do you think? Do you think G should or, or G should be going to the tour and Rodriguez as a better candidate might have a good shot of winning the Giro and therefore that's more prestigious than coming top five in the tour? The hard one, isn't it? There's no right answer. I mean, he could, you could send him to the Giro and then he crashes in the first week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. On a, you know, We're in a world where there's no crashes in the first week. They're fine. Top form. Who do we say that are blocking out the top four already? We've got Tari Bogaccia, Jonas Vingol, Roglic. Even Bull, yeah. But he might fade out. We know how he yeah. Okay, so like, best case scenario, Rodriguez facing those guys is finishing fourth. Yeah. Versus, we don't know who's going to the Giro from other teams, but it won't be one of the big hitters, which means that it's going to be a relatively level or more level playing field. So, in my opinion, could Rodriguez have a good shot of winning the Giro? And does winning the Giro trump finishing fourth at the top? Because in my opinion, I think it does. Because you you win. So yeah, I agree. Kind of contrary to what Ineos's plans, well, kind of rumored plan seems to be, 
and what I just said actually a minute ago, maybe it would make more sense to send G to the tour and send Rodriguez to the Giro. What's G going to do as a tour realistically? Not much, but we need to send somebody. I don't know who else I'd send. We haven't even talked about Ethan Hater in all this. Ah, Ethan Hater. People have been yeah. screaming at the screen, just like, Ethan Hater, Ethan Hater. Yeah, he... I would think to the Giro, the Giro for sure, because I think he could break up three, four stages. Yeah, you reckon he could win Chiclamina? Who else is going there? Well, I don't know. Uh, it'll be hard to win Chiclamina because, as we all know, Ethan Hayter's positioning in the bunch is sometimes not brilliant. And everything in sprinting is about positioning. So I'm not yeah. sure if he'd be too contesting, like too contesting in the in the flat sprints, but if you get some rolling terrain, I think he'd be really good. TT suit him as well. I think he'd do better going to either Giro than going to the Tour. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, Josh Tarling as well. Throw him into the Giro, he might pick up his first Grand Tour stage win as well. European mm -hmm. champion, which is crazy to think about. That's honestly not a bad shout. If you send him to the Giro and he wins a stage, that's really good. I'd probably... That's a better move than sending him to the tour as his first Grand Tour, because that would just be insane. You know, lot not many riders do the Tour de France as their first Grand Tour. I mean, Pagacha didn't. Pagacha went to the Vuelta first all those years ago. So I think, yeah, Tarling to the Giro, I think I like that. Um, who else? Ghana, though. I mean, Ghana, though. Ghana, Ghana to the tour. Right, it's an Olympic year, and he... Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's the headache. Oh, no. And at the team presentation, or not the team presentation, the route presentation, he was saying like, oh, I have to take it very, I have to go really hard on this course or something like that. So he was kind of like, it sounded like he, he was, or he was like, unless you just save Tarling for the welter. I mean, he is like, what, 12, so. <laughs> yeah. But you'd have to send Gala to the zero. I think the tour squad might be a little bit there. Eh. Depends depends who's supporting Rodriguez. And then like Vuelta, of course, Tarling. Bernal's already stated his intentions of going to the Vuelta. So he'll be going there, which I think will be really good to see. I'd I'd like to see Sheffield get his I think he's yeah, I don't think he's done a Grand Tour. No, he hasn't. I'd like to see Magnus Sheffield get his Grand Tour debut in there as well. A Rensman will go to the Vuelta um, well. I think he'll pretty much just be supporting wherever G goes. Do you think they have a problem in your screen days with the amount of riders that they've lost as well, when you think about it? Adam Yates, Carapaz, Terry. Yeah. Oh, it's like big guys. Yeah, they're kind of... It's all part of this rebuilding that they are going through or whatever. <laughs> I they're they... all blanketing it behind. It's fine, it's part of the rebuild. We're all just we're bringing in this young talent. And then getting rid of them. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think you, you're right. It is a little bit of a problem that you're losing so many big riders and then putting all your, well, not all of your eggs, but you're basically backing G to keep on churning out results every year. And, you know, that's not going to be your golden goose forever. You have to look towards other riders to get your grand tour performances and the only other rider they can really look to is Carlos Rodriguez, although I do hope that Bernal has a good year at the Welter. 
Yeah, I mean, the world is always that uh, afterthought, as we said. So, well, maybe not Fagan, but not. It'd be good if you could get inside the top 10. Like, um, But yeah, we might as well move on to predictions. And I mean, Patrick, in your screen days, what is your prediction? And uh, yeah, you might as well start with your Yorkshire-based ones. My Yorkshire-based ones? Um, ben Turner. Wins everything. Ben Turner is going to be top 10 at Flanders. Yeah, get get ready. Well, if you think, get ready for this next one. It's not Ben Turner. I think Magnus Sheffield podiums Roubaix Ooh. from the break. Um, I think that Ineos Grenadiers have a massive change of heart and Carlos Rodriguez wins the Giro d'Italia after not going to the tour. Uh, and Tarling goes and has his Grand Tour debut at whatever Grand Tour he gets sent to, and he wins a stage. Fair enough. I, mean, I was going to pick that one as well. I think Ghana wins Paro Bay, and I think I've said it for the last three years, but uh, this year it's going to come true. I think uh, Ethan Hayter takes a uh, Giro stage. Tom Pickcock, he has to win something now. Okay, I'm going to say he top fives every single Ardennes classic. And we and Garen Thomas finishes outside the top 10 in the Tour de France. To round it off, where do you think Bernal will finish in GC in the Vuelta? Sixth. Ninth. How many time trials do you think Josh Tarling is going to win? I reckon he'll get four. Or, okay, I was going to say seven, but... Seven? Yeah, like, there's a lot of time trials all over the place, so he could pick up a lot. That's true. If he went to the Giro, he'd probably pick up two then. Yeah, depends what Ghana does. Yeah. But nevertheless, that is basically it for our Ineos Grandiers team preview. Of course, we've done quite a few, so check out our series if you haven't already. Make sure to comment down below what you think Ineos Grenadiers are going to do. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and of course, check out Patrick's channel, Out of Cycling, in the description down below. And as always, thank you for watching, and we will see you in the next one.